Okay, hello everybody. Welcome into this episode of In Session. We it's going to be a little bit abridged. Uh, everybody's super busy. It's the day before crossover day, as things go. So we wanted to at least check in with both Danielle E. Gaines and Kelsey Luce in Annapolis. How are you? Doing okay. How are you? Oh, I'm okay. Danielle, how are you? I'm doing good. It's a busy day down here for the two of us. Okay, so we'll we'll get right to it. Uh, the big the big thing this week was the budget. Uh, and Danielle, if you could kind of talk talk to us about the Senate's version of the budget. From what I understand, they the Senate proposed a uh, two point two percent increase over last year's spending plan. Yeah, so the state budget each year, it goes back and forth between which chamber it starts in. So this year we started in the Senate, and uh, they made quick work of the budget. So they passed a $44.5 billion operating billion. budget yesterday. <laughs> and um, it includes that 2.2% increase that you said. It leaves a billion dollars in the state's reserves. Um the budget bill also kind of addressed the federal tax reforms that we've been uh, dealing with down here in Annapolis. So it took the projected $360 million of extra tax money that Marylanders would be paying under that plan and uh, divided that. So $1 million will go back to Marylanders through Maryland tax reform, and $200 million will go toward more funding for education. And I also see that state employees would get a salary increase. Yeah, so state employees would get a 2% salary increase. And there's actually, um, I couldn't tell you all about it, but there's also something in there that gives them an extra bonus increase if the state meets um, some of its uh, revenue and spending targets over the next year. Hmm. We could use a 2% increase, right? Mm. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> but um, it, was, it was a very interesting vote. It passed unanimously in the chamber. There was a lot of talk about bipartisanship, and um, that's partly because the committee chairman uh, is retiring at the end of this year. So that's Senator Case Meyer. And um, there were a lot of memories shared. He got a standing ovation on the floor. Um, later that day in committee, some of his colleagues actually made a motion to rename a state program after him um, unexpectedly. So there was a, a little bit of extra pomp and circumstance for uh, the budget making it past its first hurdle. Uh, is there any sense of how the House of Delegates may respond to this? I think the House of Delegates is not is also not going to have a difficult time necessarily with the budget this year. Um, you know, the state has all this extra money to work with because revenues were anticipated to go up. So, um, you know, there aren't a lot of hard cuts to be made. And then finally, on the budget, there's no hotel money, from what I understand, correct? Yeah, so the state operating and capital budgets travel separately through the chambers. So the capital budget still has yet to be acted on by the full Senate chamber. Um, I sat in on a voting session of the Budget and Tax Committee yesterday. And as of the end of that session, um, the money for that project has not been added back in. Interesting. So we're going to keep an eye on that, I would think, moving forward. But we don't have that much time this week, so we're going to keep going. This is the lightning round. This is a lot of fun. <laughs> Pew pew. Um, yes. Bump stocks. Uh, bump stock. The bump stop ban bill. Say that five times fast. I can't even say mm -hmm. it once. Uh, it passed in the Maryland House this week. Kelsey, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So this is a proposal from Delegate David Moon. 
He's from Montgomery County, and it's in response to the horrific Las Vegas shooting that happened back in October. It would it bans the possession, transport, sale, or anything related to bump stocks and other um, and uh, trigger modifications that turn a rifle into a rapid fire weapon. Um, so that passed, and it looks like it's in a good position to become law because the Senate has also encouraged, or the Senate president, excuse me, Mike Miller, has also encouraged action on it. Governor Hogan has also encouraged action on it. So that um, is one I would expect to, to, to move pretty quickly. Well, that okay. That'll be good. And, um, and as you said, too, you, you have it in your story that the governor really supports this. And you just said that as well. Um, so this, this I think at the end of the day, from what you're saying, to kind of reiterate, this seems like it's it's going to be a slam dunk. Uh, I, I think I think it probably will be. Now that that's not to say that everybody's completely on board. In fact, our own delegate, um, delegate Kathy Absali, offered an amendment that would have changed the bill to specify that people who already own these trigger modification devices could turn in turn their items into police it i guess you could call it a sort of amnesty um but that amendment got voted down because um as delegate moon encouraged the floor to vote voted down because it uh there's nothing really that prevents people from doing that anyway Mm -hmm. using their prosecutorial discretion and, and if I could hop in in the Senate this morning, um, our own Frederick County Senator, uh, Mike Huff, introduced uh, an amendment um, that would, uh, I guess, make real a grandfathering clause that's in the bill. So the bill does contain a grandfathering clause. It says that if you'd purchase these legally before they were banned, um, you could keep it if you apply to the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and get approval from them to to keep possession of these. And I think this was debated in the House as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ATF doesn't actually have a process for allowing people to possess those, and they don't have um, a plan for that. And also, President Trump is encouraging the ATF to look at banning these themselves. So Senator Huff on the floor was arguing that this is not a real grandfathering clause, and so he's encouraging people to adopt um an amendment that would allow those who purchase these legally to continue owning them. Um, that debate kind of derailed conversation this morning. So they're going to come back and take that up this evening in the Senate. So you guys will have, you guys will have a pretty long night. It depends. We'll see how if they, they might tucker themselves out. <laughs> Perhaps the wildest story that I've seen come out of this year's session uh we're going to get to right now. I I can't, I can't even process microchipping and I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't mean for that to be a pun either. I guess process microchipping. It was a good but, one if you had intended it. <laughs> so what's going on with this? Cause I don't want to put any microchips in me. And from what I understand, this was discussed this week with uh, one of our local officials, uh, or at least from Frederick stepping up to talk about this. Yeah, well, well, this is another proposal from Senator Ron Young. We talked about his his uh, proposals a lot on this podcast, but he keeps at it. Um, so, so earlier this week, he brought a bill to committee that is it's sort of a preemptive bill because no one no employers in Maryland are doing microchipping. Um, so he brought this in as a sort of preventative measure to make sure that no one is ever required or um, 
forced basically to to have one of these RFID chips. Um, and and this comes after uh, there was a play, there was a business in Wisconsin that uh, it's called Three Square Market. They allowed to be clear, they didn't force. They allowed their employees to have one of these microchips. It looks kind of like a little grain of rice that gets put between your thumb and, and first finger. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and I so can't. They I just can't. Oh, not to interrupt, Kelsey, but if there's a picture of somebody getting one implanted in the newspaper this week, if you yeah. really want to understand this, sorry. I, I recommend it <laughs> just that, to get a sense the, of what's going on. The photo in the newspaper, though, is of a TV reporter getting it? Did you see that? Um, <laughs> I, I guess. Oh, it is. Yeah. How about that? I'm pulling it up right now. Huh. Yeah, that, that's crazy. I Not for the name of journalism would I do that. That's just <laughs> yeah. Me. I mean, maybe I, I would if I got it removed immediately. But um, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, in defense of these, well, not in defense, but to explain the purpose of these ID chips, they, they, they allow people to make purchases from the cafeteria without cash. They allow access to certain rooms and to log into computers without passwords. But honestly, I'd rather just memorize a password myself. Yes, Kelsey. I, my goodness <laughs> gracious. Yes. Um, and this, this bill faces a very uh, quick turnaround with crossover day deadline. Danielle, can you tell us a little more? regarding that? Yeah, so we have a ton of bills this year. Um, I haven't actually looked up the final tally compared to past years, but we've seen a steady increase in the number of pieces of legislation that are getting um, considered over time in Annapolis. And, you know, this is an election year, so people are trying to get their measures passed. Um, So as Kelsey wrote about, the hearing was this week. Technically, crossover day is on Monday, but crossover day, like all of the deadlines um, in Annapolis, is a malleable concept. So um, even if it's not passed out of committee by Monday, it does still um, have a chance to kind of um, move forward through various loopholes and, and hijinks. I will move out of the state of Maryland if I have to get a microchip. I'm just saying that right now. Uh, one of the bigger, I, I saw a lot of this next story on social media this week, at least on Twitter. A lot of people were interested in this. Uh, Danielle, you wrote the story. Maryland Senate gave preliminary approval on Wednesday to a bill that would retire the state's official song. What's up with that? Yep. So this is another topic that's a friend of our pod. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so For years, the lawmakers in Annapolis have said that they don't like Maryland by Maryland having the official designation as our state song. Um, There have been a lot of different ways to try to address that. This year, the measure that's moving forward is um, it's very bare bones. It changes the state law to say that this is our historic state song. It would Mm -hmm. drop it from the list of official symbols of the state of Maryland and, in effect, kind of retire it. That's what the preamble to the bill says the goal is to do, is to retire this song because it doesn't represent the views of of Marylanders today. Hmm. So do you think it will? You think it'll be retired? 
I think I think the bill is moving forward out of the Senate. The Senate has moved the bill forward as well. You have even people who actually support getting rid of Maryland, my Maryland, as as the state song, kind of opposed to this bill because they say it's really a do nothing bill. The preamble that has you know all of the all of the protests about the content of the song and that sort of thing would not be codified in state law. Um, when this was adopted as the state song in 1939, they actually wrote the lyrics of the song into the state code. So this bill adds the word historical, but it also keeps in, you know, northern scum. So when you're searching Maryland's statutes, that's a phrase that you'll still find even if this bill passes. Well, I say we should uh, remove this song and make the state anthem a Santa Labrada song. How about that? <laughs> I agree. I agree. That's, that's Kelsey's band, everybody. Yes, that's Kelsey's <laughs> band. New album out. New album out. Go get it, everybody. There we go. And Shameless I'm still plug. very, very um, uh, uh, thankful for your very kind review. That really oh. was awesome. Re- everybody go read it. Go, go read there. it and go buy the, the album. The folks who want the state to go farther in this whole state song issue, um, a lot of people want there to be a contest to create a new one. Um, that's not what this year's bill does, though. Okay. I don't know if I would get behind a contest, but that's just me. I don't know. You get <laughs> get a lot of interesting submissions. You, you really do. Um, <laughs> but finally, now, of course, as we, as we wind down, because you guys, I know you guys have to go. Uh, it's yeah, our favorite time, time of the week. Yeah, I know this is this is you should be so happy. You have so much to do. You have so much <laughs> more to do. Um, so it's our favorite part of the year, favorite part of the day, favorite part of the week, probably the favorite <laughs> part of my life. Political notes. Cue the music. OK, thank you for that. Now, leading this week's political notes, uh, Kelsey was actually something I think Danielle and I talked about last year, if I remember mm. correctly, a constitutional convention. And this hasn't happened in 500 trillion years. So what, what happened this <laughs> just week? About. So yeah, just to catch up with what happened last year. Um, well, I, let me preface by saying the, uh, the House has voted to call for a constitutional convention. The last constitutional convention was held in 1787. So that's about five billion years ago, if my math is right. (laughs) And then, so last session, the General Assembly nullified four historical calls for a convention. Um, So those were to discuss items like uh, setting limits on federal taxing power, items like calling for state control over apportionment of state legislative bodies, uh, prayer in school, and um, calling for a balanced federal budget. So the issue this time that they would like to bring up, the House would like to bring up, is uh, basically a measure to review campaign finances. So this, the aim of this is to overturn Citizens United, the, um, the controversial decision from 2010 in, in, in which uh, it, it loosened electoral um, uh, 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 campaign financing rules and, and for ads and everything. So critics have said that that increased the influence of money in elections. And so the the House has voted to call for a convention to take a look at the issue and basically overturn that decision as their goal. If I could hop in, um, what's, it, what's interesting about this debate in particular when it comes to Citizens United is that the groups that oppose um, 
the fallout from Citizens United are in many situations the same groups that also oppose uh, calling for a constitutional convention. Um, the big concern with the constitutional convention is, um, at, like the original, uh, it could become a runaway convention. You say that you're going to hold it for one reason. Uh, but what what does end up happening, we don't know. Does it open up to overhauling the whole entire document or, uh, you know, what could happen? The the question about what could happen is is one of the reasons that they uh, got did the resolution last year to get rid of the previous calls. Chaos. So it's an interesting debate. <laughs> <laughs> that would be I would I would grab a ticket. I would buy a ticket on StubHub <laughs> to come watch that. That would we be could do so a podcast about it. Yeah, right? we could. We could. We could do a podcast <laughs> about it. Um, over the next few days, both of you, you're going to be writing a few roundups um, from items from local lawmakers. Uh, uh, just real quick, I, I know you guys have to go, but what are you looking forward to the most, especially with crossover day coming up on Monday? Um, I'm kind of just excited to see that process. This is my first session, and I understand that things will kind of change quite a bit once that that happens so yeah it gets it it gets eerily busy and then it gets eerily kind of quiet after crossover day i mean there's still a lot of work to do after crossover day um but you know the committee meetings get shorter the debates get shorter um so it's kind of interesting okay okay so are are you guys are you good you good to go did we do it in record time (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we we blazed through that one. <laughs> that's that's good. I'm I'm happy we were able to get this in. I know you you guys are super super busy, but at least we have to update the people, right? We have to update the people on what has we gone do. on. We do this for the kids. Um, <laughs> I I won't even ask you what you had to eat this week. You guys have so much left to do. I think um, we've both had a lot of missed meals this week. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> well, that's... I did have a granola bar. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to have some missed meals next week as well because of crossover day? Hopefully not. We'll see. Uh, that's good. We'll do what that's we can. Good. Okay. Well, Danielle E. Gaines, Kelsey Luce, thank you so much for taking the time. We really appreciate it. We look forward to talking next week. Yep. Thank you. Thank you.